Well, if you are joining us uh, online or if you're here in the room, I really want to encourage you just to take out your notes, take out um, your Bible app, your 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 version Bible app or your Bible. If you if you do have a, a good old-fashioned bound Bible with you, that's just as good. In fact, um, in preparation for this message, I, I picked up the good old leather bound again and, and delved deep into Scripture. I wanted to have a look to kick off this evening at a Scripture that we know well from 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says this, For God has not given us a spirit of, say it with me, spirit of, fear, but he has given us what? Power and love and a sound mind. Three things there that we need to have a look at. It's not all three together. There are three very distinct spirits that God gave us. Did you see that? He's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. The Greek word for sound mind, in that context of that scripture, can be read good self-discipline. Good self-discipline. In fact, the Greek word lends itself to being a good disciple, a good follower, well-learned from your teacher. Can we read that scripture again? You see, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind, one tuned to the mind of Jesus Christ. That's what it's saying. It's saying that we are good disciples and we have the same discipline as Jesus Christ. Don't we often quote the scripture when we look at our our children and we say that we will bring them up in the mental regulating of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the mental disciplines of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, We say that to our children. We say that we want our children to have the disciplines that Jesus taught us. It's a prophetic word that we're speaking over our children because God has said that He's made that spirit of having the disciplines of Jesus Christ available to us. It's not something that we have to work towards. God has already given you the spirit of spiritual disciplines. Can I say that again? Because a lot of people seem to think that when it comes to spiritual disciplines, that's what I've got to work hard at. When I say the word spiritual disciplines, what do you think of at home? What do you think of in the room? You think of my Bible reading program, how many times I pray, how I study. Am I right? Spiritual disciplines. Well, this scripture says that God has already given you the spirit of spiritual disciplines. The disciplines of having the mind of Jesus Christ has been made available to you. Wow. I thought I had to work hard at having spiritual disciplines. It seems like I have one thing that I need to overcome in order to have these three spirits. The Scripture is showing us that actually out of every single thing that cripples us, our spiritual discipline, our love, and our power, what's the word that cripples us? Fear. In fact, the world media cottons onto this principle and says that if you don't have this, you won't be as good as you could be. The fear of missing out, FOMO. You see, the world's media would have you believe that you're not quite there. You haven't arrived. You haven't experienced all life has to offer if you haven't done X, Y, or Z. Have a look, and I'm sure that's happened in Scripture before, But where did that start? 
If we have a look at Genesis chapter 2, the very first media campaign by the world was launched against man. The very first media campaign which tried to inject fear of missing out into the human psyche. How many of us are governed by intrinsic, deep, depressive fear? Not many of us. There is an issue of being fearful. There's a, there's a spirit that we can pray against and stand against of being completely fearful. It's scared. Now, I remember when I was growing up, I used to run in the dark because my light switch wasn't next to my bed, and I'd have to switch off the light at the door and then get back to the bed, and I didn't want the monster under my bed grabbing my ankles, so I would dive from about four feet away, and I would collide with the wall sometimes because I would jump so fast and so hard that I would, I would hit the wall on the other side. I think I actually spent most of my childhood concussed from avoiding the, the, the monster under my bed that would grab my ankles. Oh, come on. And so we live in, in this, there's, this, there's this fear that's built into us from a young age. There's a, there's a psyche that's built into us from a young age. It's the fear. And the media picks up on this. In fact, Satan the devil goes along and, and, and the, the Lord warns Adam and Eve. And then Satan the devil in chapter 3 comes along and says, Are you sure? Are you certain? Are you positive that you have everything you need? Are you sure that God didn't say X, Y, or Z? Are you Surely you want to have everything God has in store for you. And He's placed that tree. Surely you, you, you will be like God. Surely you, you're not quite there yet. The media is directly questioning the accomplished work of Jesus Christ in your life. You see, Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did completes you. You are done. He is the author and the perfecter of your faith. But when the media come along, they say you're not quite there yet. You, you, you need to do a little bit extra. You need to be a little bit less. You need to relax more. You need to do more. You need to, do, to try this. You need to have that. You need to try the other. The media will have you believe that the accomplished work of Jesus Christ is not quite finished yet until you have what they have on offer. Am I making sense? By believing the media, and remember, the media is Satan's mouthpiece, there's good things in the media. Yes, there's very good things in the media. There's, there's awesome things in the media. There's wonderful things that the media can show us. There's sights and scenes around the world. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when Satan manipulates minds through governing or by putting out things that are of God and manipulates them to make them sound like he knows better. That's the media I'm talking about. I don't know about you, but we need to differentiate between good media and media that is purporting to know more than God. You see, we, we need to differentiate because otherwise what we're doing is we're allowing this fear, this run and dive for the bed fear of, of missing out, of not having, of not being complete. The world wants you to believe that you're not good enough. Media wants you to believe that until you've got 18,000 followers, you haven't arrived yet. 
The media wants you to, to spend money. They want you to, to judge yourself against each other. They want you to say, hey, you're not good enough until. It's, it's why kids love their devices. Because they have a fear of missing out. They have to be here, but they want to be in six other places at the same time. They, they, want to, they, they know they have to be home for dinner, but they can still keep talking to their friends who went out somewhere else while they're in this place. They want to be present, but removed at the same time. Why? Because they have a fear of missing out. They have a fear of missing out, of figuring out what so-and-so is saying about so-and-so, what, what's happening here. and what. But you know what? Parents, adults, people, are, we all have this fear of missing out. <laughs> Somebody once said to me that when a football team huddle in the middle of the field, you've got serious issues if you think they're talking about you. Because... We have this fear all the time that we don't know what's going on. What's so-and-so saying about me? What's, what's happening here? What's going, why? Because Satan wants to give you a sense that you are the master of your own destiny, that you have control over all things. We may as well go out and build a Tower of Babel in our backyard because that's what we're saying when we agree with what the media has to say. We're saying that we know better and we can be like God and that we are, are able to complete ourselves by believing what we want to believe. The media has no right, has absolutely no right to overturn the established, last forever, will never ever falter word of God. It has no right. The media hasn't been around as long as God. The, the media hasn't been around as long as the Most High God. The media is not the beginning and the end. They are not the Alpha and Omega. Surely, we can put the media in the place that it needs to be in our lives, which is far below the established Word of God. Surely, surely, we have the ability to take a look at the media and know what is repulsive and know what is accepting. Surely, we have that ability. Because you see, after even last week's message, I had people coming up to me saying, oh, but Craig, you know, isn't it a bit harsh if we do X, Y, and Z? Somebody came to me and said, you know what, Pastor, if my child was walking along the edge of the Grand Canyon, I'm not going to sit back under a tree and watch how close they can get before they fall. But that's what we seem to think we can do with the media. We, can, we try and skirt as close. And I'm not talking about being religious. Trust me. I grew up in a religious environment. Being religious is the last thing that I would want to teach you to do. It robs you of power. It robs you of love. And it robs you of a sound mind because being religious actually puts fear on, a, on the throne. You see, media has even messed up church because it started to camp in places that only God should camp in your mind. It started asking, oh, but shouldn't we, shouldn't we really, uh, you know what, if, if somebody wants to come to me and say, hey, Craig, the media says it's okay for me to live a life in another gender environment than I was made. Number one, I'm not religious. I'm not going to judge you. Number two, I'm not ungodly. 
to say that that's acceptable. And number three, I'm called to love you so that you can discover who God has purposed and made you to be. But what we do, we either fearfully push them away religiously because that's not who we are, or we believe the media garbage and say that we have to be all accepting over everything instead of stepping out to the established Word of God and discovering what His Word says on what we need to do right now. Can I tell you why? Lean forward, I want to tell you a secret. Morally, humans are lazy. Morally, humans are lazy. It's easier to do what everybody else finds acceptable than to swim upstream with Jesus on your back. Am I making sense? But you see, when we have a look at what Satan did, you won't die. You're just going to miss out. And all of a sudden, the, the thought process of missing out grabbed hold of Adam and Eve's heart. Did you have a look at what that kind of fear of missing out leads to? The woman was convinced, it said. How many of us have been convinced by the media? Man, they can paint a good story. They can paint an incredible story. Whether you believe in conspiracy theories or not, it doesn't matter. You can look at a couple of videos on YouTube and really believe that man never landed on the moon. You can look at some news broadcasts from 1969 and be completely convinced in the same moment that he was really there. I'm not saying we'll have to become flat earth conspiracy theorists. What I'm saying is, is that within minutes, we can have opposing opinions based on what media we consume. Within minutes. I can walk into a movie believing one thing and walk out going, oh, well, maybe, maybe I was wrong about that. The media has the ability to twist our minds and we are lazy. We don't push back. All God is asking you to do when it comes to the principles of Scripture is press back with the Word, not with your own thoughts. All God wants us to do when it comes to the media is push back with His principles not laws. You see, I'm yet to watch a television program, engage in a Facebook conversation, or post an Instagram uh, message that gives me eternal life. If anybody can I discover the Instagram account that I need to follow that gives me eternal life, please, you know, share. Because I'm looking for this elixir of eternal life in the media. And I don't know about you, but I've never been able to find it. But I open up the Scriptures, and in Genesis 1, verse 1 through 3, the first three verses of the Bible is a story about people who will be dark, and God will call His Son to be, and they will be light. First three verses of the Bible is not just about the creation account that the media will have you believe is false. No, it's a story of Jesus, the light, bursting forth into your world that gives us eternal life. First three verses. I don't have to read the rest of the Bible. I don't have to watch the rest of the Netflix series. I just know that, hey, this is eternal life. They're taking in knowledge of the one whom you sent forth, Jesus Christ. I'm yet to watch a Netflix series that gives me the kind of joy that I have when I help my fellow man. Now, I'm not saying we can't use media 
to accomplish God's principles. I'm not saying become like the 50% of the world's population who've never connected to the internet. I'm not saying shave a circle on your head and go and live in a mountain with no internet. We can use these things that God has given us, that Satan has robbed us from, for the benefit of his kingdom. I can, I can use a bad movie that we happen to watch by mistake as a teaching moment for my children. But what do we do? We switch the TV off, we go to bed, and the seed that the media would have us planted in our minds is planted firmly. <coughs> Instead of taking out the Word of God and going, hang on, that movie would have us believe that X, Y, and Z is acceptable. It's not. Z is the last letter of the alphabet. It's how you say it correctly. Okay? It's not just morals that we're lazy about. It's sometimes also our speech. Anyway, when we have a look at this process of what the media did, it says this about Adam and Eve. They were ashamed and hid. Now, I can tell you this. The Word of God never develops in me habits that I need to hide. The Word of God will never develop habits within you that you need to hide. The media seems to always develop habits in you that you need to hide. Why is it that people have more than one Facebook profile? They're a 22-year-old in the one profile, and they're a 65-year-old in the other profile. What are they hiding? If you can't be who God has made you to be, and you need to put up this facade, it means the media has got you lying and, being, and hiding. We have media schizophrenia happening all over the place. Social media profiles. We read on, on Facebook and Instagram that they've got so many profiles now online. And I wonder how many of those are fake. How many of those are kids that shouldn't be on Facebook saying that they're of an age when they're not, just so that they can get in because they have a fear of missing out and they want to see what the whole hype is about. I just wish people were that passionate to get to church. You see, when I look at the world media and I look at social media and internet and what the news broadcasters will have you believe, I don't get frustrated. I get to a place of anguish. What have they said about my Lord? What have they called acceptable that is horrible? What have they said that we can do that the Lord wishes that we didn't even know about? I don't have frustration in my soul for my children as they step into the next generation of media consumption. I have anguish that my Lord has been ripped from the very fiber of society and humankind by a bunch of people that don't even know who God is. I'm tired of a church making excuses for the media and making excuses for what we should and should not accept without going back to the Word of God. I'm tired of a church who will believe the Jesus that is painted by the media and not the Jesus that was strung up on the cross. I'm tired of seeing adults find that which is acceptable, which is not acceptable. We don't have the power 
to override God's authority, when we submit to His authority, that is when we have the power to declare that which is not as though it were, and every promise becomes yes and amen, not a shame, condemnation, and fear. The media wants to rob you of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sound mind. The media wants to rob you of the power that comes from being a disciple of the Most High God and the love that comes from the Father for us. But we accept it. We move on. It, whatever. It is what it is. It will always be what it is until we stand up as not a moral, indignant group of people. No, but as a biblically-based group of people with the Word of Jesus fixed firmly in our hearts, we can stand and resist. When, when Goliath was taunting the Israelites, David went down to serve his brothers. He couldn't care less about the giant advertising campaign that was happening over here on his left. He was calling them all sorts of things, this advertising giant. He was calling them grasshoppers. He was calling them weak. He was saying that he could defeat the whole army. When did anguish in David's heart step in? When the media giant started telling people who God was and who he wasn't. That's when David said, no more. The media is camping right now outside your home, shouting out that Jesus is not the Son of God, that God is not the Most High God, that you are God, that people collectively are God, that if we all just live in a good way, we in fact are God. They are shouting out through the media that God is not God, Jesus is not Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is a whole bunch of hocus pocus. It's time, Christians, that we get an anguish in our soul to say no more. Take out our slings, take out the Word of God, and take that giant's head off. Because otherwise, our moral laziness will become the order of the day. And media will set our moral compass as opposed to the Word of God. How do we do this? How do we get to a place where, you know what, I know that I can stand and I know what I need to do? Have a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The screen says verse 2, but it actually starts in, uh, sorry, verse 2 and 3. It starts in verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. That's pretty relevant. Oh, the Bible doesn't understand Facebook. The Bible doesn't understand Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and you know what's going on. You know what? I, I, just, I just saw that in my Snapchat newsfeed. You know what filth you can find in your Snapchat newsfeed if you really want to? It's time. I don't get, I don't get disgruntled by the world, I get repulsed by it. I don't get frustrated by the news, I switch it off. The news is this. Jesus is king. He's coming again, and he will be victorious. End of news broadcast. Come on, that deserves a clap. 
Now, I'm not saying bury your head in the sand and know nothing about what's going on around you. We have to be wise as, wise as, as we have to be wise, not, not stupid. We have to know what's going on around us. Some of us have money. We have to watch the stocks and see what we're going to do with our money. We, we've got decisions to make. We've got things to read. I'm not talking about not a, the media not helping your mind. I'm talking about stopping the media affecting your heart. How many of you go into your Facebook streams and go, how can that person say that about me? 83% of all tweets worldwide are negative. 83% of all tweets worldwide are negative. Why? Why do we need to be negative on Twitter? Why can't we be positive on Twitter? We have the best positive news broadcast in our hearts that man could ever want. And we seem to think that bad-mouthing other organizations and bad-mouthing politicians and stirring up racial prejudice is what we're supposed to do as Christians. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the world and start injecting some opinions of Jesus Christ into the discussion. Without judgment? No, no, no. We have to do this in the spirit of love. The spirit of love comes before the spirit of power. The spirit of power comes before the spirit of having a sound mind. You see, because God gave us the love so that we could have the power so that we could control our minds. Am well, I making sense? Whereas the, the world would have you change your mind so that you fall into their power and fall in love with what they have to say. They've reversed it. And so when we have a look at this, it says, but we inwardly are transformed by the Holy Spirit through, say it with me, a total reformation of how you think. Oh, Craig, so what you're saying is I just need to watch what I tweet. No. I just have to check on my kids' phones. No. This is not even adjusting some thoughts. This is not even just tweaking a few things. This is a total reformation of how you think. Total reformation. That's like extreme makeover mind edition. That's, that's completely looking at every situation and going, how do I need to think about this? Not being morally or mentally lazy. The world wants you just to accept whatever. The scripture's calling you to think differently every moment of the day. Prioritize your thoughts. Start taking captive the thoughts that you know are from the world and throwing them in the trash. They trash anyway. They're only going to get you to live in fear, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And we know that if that's not from, that's not from God. Oh, Craig, you know, God, God showed me a word and it's just got me feeling, you know, I'm just, I, just, I get the sense that he feels I'm not good enough. Baloney. God's lie. That is a lie. That's not God. God will encourage. God will exhort. God will edify. God will spur you on. God will push you forward. He's not going to get you backward going, oh, well, you know, he hasn't told me yet, so he obviously doesn't have a purpose for me. I haven't heard from him yet, so, well, I'm, I'm still waiting on the purpose from God. The world doesn't want you to hear from God that you've got a purpose so it can keep you trapped in mediocrity. That's profound. The world doesn't want you to hear from God because it knows if you don't hear from God, it's going to copy its customs and keep you where you've always been. 
But if you can catch a whiff, if you can catch a, a glimpse of what God has in store for you, man, you're going to be on fire, you're going to be alive, and you're not going to give a rip what the news broadcasters say about which political person to vote for. You're going to have clear eyes. You're going to be able to see what needs to be seen. Why? Because you simply stopped imitating the customs of the world and had a total mental reformation. Not a mental meltdown. I've had those too. I'm talking about a mental reformation. What will it give you? So I always read scriptures backwards. If we do this, what will be alive in our lives? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in whose eyes? His eyes. Not according to the standards of the world. The world will have you boxed that you're allowed to have these morals, this car, this house, this possession, and then you are living a satisfied life. In the top 10 things that um, a, a, a famous business magazine quoted as the most satisfying things to have in life, not one item on that top 10 list listed the Word of God. The world is far removed from being satisfied by the Word of God. I look at people come to the church. They knock on the door. If you pray for them, they're disappointed. Silver and gold, I have none. I got the word of God for you. No, no, no. We, we want money for gas. We want, we want food. But I, but I can pray for you. Don't you get it? Why? Because they've been told over and over again that if you knock on the church, you'll get money. You'll get things. You'll get help. And the world has taught them that help doesn't come in the form of supernatural. No, the wealth must come in the form of the natural. I don't care what the doctors say is happening to my body naturally. I am going to have a satisfying life that is beautiful in God's eyes. Perfect in God's eyes, mind you. I'm not a sufferer. I'm not down. I don't have to hide who I am. I don't have to hide my habits. I can be who God has called me to be in great confidence, great power, with immense love, and I'm going to have a sound mind. The world will have you that if you operate in the supernatural, you're off your trolley. You've lost your marbles. You create what? Holy Spirit. What? Healing. I submit my life to a pastor who's just seen his grandson made alive from the dead. Don't tell me supernatural is stupid. Don't tell me the Holy Spirit isn't powerful and don't tell me prayer doesn't work. It's just not working for you because you're becoming morally lazy and you're not attaching yourself to a God who wants to give you a perfect life. Attach yourself to Him. And even when you consume the media, because we all have to, it will be foreign to us. It'll be like receiving a news broadcast from a foreign country in a foreign language. Have you ever watched like French TV? And the, the news broadcaster gets all passionate about something happening and you're going, look at the pictures. That's what it looks like for me when I look at the media when it tells me what morals I should have. They don't know what they're talking about. Why should I listen to them? 
Amen? I want to be able to have God's will in my life. Here's how. Romans chapter 12, 9 continues. I'm going to read this quickly in conclusion. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. A like on Facebook is not a love. Sharing somebody else's post is not encouraging them. I'm not saying you can't love them and encourage them on Facebook. You can. This church does that to thousands of people every single day. Really love them. Not just when it's their birthday on Facebook and this is a, the people that you say you love, just post, yeah, 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 say that, yeah, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Why don't you give them a scripture of encouragement on their birthday? Why don't you take the time to really love them? Why don't, you, why don't you share? Because you see, the morals and the media of this world will have you biblically lazy. It's easy to like a scripture. It's easy to li like something Christian. You know that sun setting with the three crosses on the hill and people have chosen another scripture to overlay over that image. And you get them and, you, oh, that's just so beautiful. My God is amazing. Like. What's that done? Nothing. But when you reply with another scripture and a testimony and you say, hey, this scripture changed my life because I was here and now I'm there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Even if you get no replies, you have sent out the word of God and it will come back bearing fruit. It might not get you likes, shock, horror. But you will be identifying and discerning a satisfying life that is according to God's perfect will. His word. Oh, but I can just go into Bible this and do that and sends out scriptures every day. It's like walking up to your neighbor every single day Kicking his dog and saying, sorry. What's it doing? It's, it's not do, you're not even in the Word. You've just got an automated, look at me, I'm Christian system working on your Facebook page. You know how many thousands of Christians just post scriptures out every single day and they haven't even read them? How many scriptures like those scriptures? People like those scriptures, like the Word of God, but they haven't even been in the Word of God for themselves, for personal revelation. The Bible is not a pick-me-up. It's not 10 points on how to be a better person. It's a life-changing, mind-altering course of action and lifestyle that will radically change eternity for you. Don't get lazy with the Word of God. It is your destiny. It is your future. It is your purpose. It is your past. It is your current presence. It is who you are because God made you through His Word. Don't get morally lazy. Today, I went to a few friends and celebrated the fact that I'd reached a milestone on my Instagram account. I've got a couple of thousand people now that follow me on Instagram. Yay! And earlier today, I used the same media to broadcast to church leaders on how they could reach more people for, for Jesus. 
it was only a couple of hundred liters. But God gave me such a sense that I had achieved what he asked me to achieve by speaking to the few, and he, there was absolutely no sense of accomplishment by having thousands post into my Instagram account. You see, that's my perfect world for me. That's my purpose that God has put me on the planet to do. I know it. I know what it is, and I walk it out every single day. Liking a few things, reading a few things. How much time do we spend looking at other people's food? Am I right? Looking at other people's faces as they are in funny places or funny situations. For a moment, I want you to take a look at what it's like to take a selfie and have Facebook back in 1985. Imagine this for a moment. We have an Instamatic camera. You know the one with the piece of paper that comes out? The, I know this might shock many of the youth watching this online, but you'd actually try and wave that picture dry. Remember that? It had nothing to do with drying. It was all to do with light, and you can stand there. It didn't make it go any faster waving it up and down, but we seem to think that if we waved the photograph up and down, it would develop quickly. It would then, what we'd do is we'd, we'd take a photo, and the photo would pop out the bottom. No share button, no like button, no invite people to be your friend button, no, 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 just the, the picture. It had to develop a while. There was no instantaneous posting of that photograph or quick Photoshop edit that wrinkle or blemish out of my face. I, I didn't have a filter back then. And then I had natural filters because eventually the photo would look like you'd applied a black and white photo to, a filter to it eventually after time. And then what I'd do is I'd take that photograph and I'd pin it to or put it on wire magnet onto my, onto my refrigerator. And then I'd take another one and I'd put it onto my refrigerator. And I take another one and put it onto my refrigerator. And eventually my whole refrigerator is covered in photographs of me looking like an absolute retard. And then what I'll do is I'll invite all of my friends over to come into my kitchen to gawk at my refrigerator. And then I'll give them a Sharpie and they can tick which one they like the most. You know how stupid that sounds? Welcome to Facebook. Welcome to Instagram. The whole world wants you to look at them to have a fear that you're missing out on what they've got. And when I look at some people's selfies, I go, I'm not missing out on anything. I look at some of your... No, I'm not going to go there. I'm joking. The world has got us warped into what we believe is good, acceptable. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Oh, but hang on a second. Didn't God give us a spirit of love? Can you imagine if your salvation was based on how many angels liked your Facebook page? Can you imagine if God had to, you had to have a thousand likes from God to get into heaven? No, no, God has already given us perfect love. It's done. You haven't even created your account yet, and he was saving you. 
You haven't even logged on yet. And He had already given you grace. While I was yet a sinner, you saved me. I, I hadn't even given my username and password yet. And He was loving me. And all He wants us to do is take that perfect love, not a fake media, kumbaya, let's all do this together kind of love. No, a real, genuine love for people. That's what He wants from us. And then Romans chapter 12 continues. Love each other with genuine affection. Don't be lazy. Don't be morally lazy. Don't be media lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Uh, I, I, I come to church. I like to go to church on Wednesday night because, well, Saturday afternoon there's this program, and Sunday morning I do this, and, sa- and the media has got you believing that if certain things happen in your life, they are more important than gathering together. You know what Jesus said? When someone came to them that had just lost a loved one about following him, you know what he said? Let the dead bury the dead. Oh, but Craig, you know what pressure I've been under at work? Yes, because you haven't been to church where there is no pressure. You, you haven't come to a healing time. You haven't been prayed over. You, no wonder you're under pressure. But you know what? I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Why? Because the world wants you to believe that you have the right to prioritize fellowshipping together. It's affecting our church. Don't just think, well, I'm morally okay. You know, I, I don't believe that you know, same-sex marriages are, are right. And I, the, the, the media is infiltrating us at the basics. It's undermining the foundations it's not the big high moral high ground. I was at a pastor's conference a, a couple of years ago, and there was a speaker, and this woman got up and said, you know what, I want to take a quick poll. Everybody in the church is condemning same-sex marriages. How many leaders have had to deal with the same-sex marriage issue? There was about 3,000 pastors in the room. How many pastors have had to deal with the same-sex marriage issue in the last six months? A hand over there, a hand over there, and maybe a hand over here. Then she said, how many of you have had youth have premarital sex in the last six months? Virtually every single youth pastor put their hand up. And yet we fight the fight against certain moral issues and turn a blind eye to others. We don't seem to identify that judgmentalism is as much of a sin as premarital sex. We, we don't seem to identify that lying, liars, if not repentant, will not inherit God's kingdom. We brush that one under the, under the mat when we have to do our tax returns. Ouch. But that's okay, says the media. They're just little white lies. The media is undermining our morals and our integrity at the base level. If Scripture says do it, prioritize that and get it done. Don't let the media convince you of what is right and what is wrong when God establishes His authority by His Word. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are our God and there is no other. We thank You 
that we don't listen to the things of this world or the reports of this world. No, we put our minds firmly on who you are and who you say we should be. Father, we commit to you right now in Jesus' name that with everything that we have, we will be repulsed by the world and we will be in love with you. Thank you for prophetically speaking a power over our minds that we have the right to choose what we believe and we choose you. We have the right to love and we love you first. We don't love ourselves. We don't love our current circumstances. We don't love anything other than what you have called us to be and who you are in our lives. Father, we won't believe the pictures of this world. We won't believe the things that we are told by this world is acceptable. It's not acceptable for young girls to be trafficked in this world through pornography. It's not acceptable for that which you have created to be degraded. It's not acceptable that what you have called good has been turned into something vile. Father, right now, will you give us the sense of anguish that we ought to have for the things of this world? The desperation, Father God, deep from within us that we will stand not on our own moral righteousness, but on the righteousness that has been put in us in the name of Jesus Christ. To look at things of this world and not be repulsed by them, but love people out of that situation. It is time, Father, for this church to weep, to cry out to you, from the bottom of where they are at and say only you, Father. Why, Father, have we become so accepting of what Satan says is right and so rejecting of what you have called to be true? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we refuse to go home the same as way which, which we came. We refuse just to go back to our homes and our comfortable lives and just continue in moral and character laziness. Right now, in the name of Jesus, convict us of something that needs to be changed because we know that you won't just pull us down. You won't just point out what needs to be changed. You will also give us the grace and the ability to stand from this place empowered with a sound mind filled with your love, not your condemnation. We stand in condemnation of the world and its morals and its mouthpiece. We do not stand in condemnation of what you have done through your mouthpiece in the, on the inside of us. Father, exhaust us. Please, we pray. Exhaust us. When we look at this world, we should be tired. 
tired of Satan's rhetoric. And we should be accepting, rejuvenated by your word. And we pray this now, convicted, convinced, but empowered in your name. And as we keep our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I want to ask you one simple question. What have you been accepting that God calls unacceptable? You have something in your life right now that as I said that word, something stirred in your spirit. I've been doing this. I've been accepting that. I know it's mediocre. Well, tonight, I want you to stand in power, a sound mind, completely convinced by the love of God, not downtrodden and ashamed, stand before the throne of God and be healed by His glory, His majesty, and His power. Gone is that abusive habit that you have in Jesus' name. Gone is that ailment which has been convincing you that God doesn't love you. Gone is the addiction to that substance that's been trapping you. Gone is the thought that you are not good enough because your father didn't love you enough. Gone is the thought process that you'll ever amount to much because someone once told you that you weren't good enough. Gone is depression because this world is getting so much that you can't bear it. Gone is any form of Satan's hindrance in your life as you stand before the glory of the Most High God that makes Satan run a mile. Gone is Satan's wiles, Satan's words, Satan's media in the presence. See it now as you stand before the glorious light as it scorches and burns away anything of the world and empowers you with love, power, and a sound mind. In the name of the Word that stands forever and is always true, Jesus Christ. Right now, if that prayer did something on the inside of you, I don't want to know what it is. It's already been resolved. Just shift up your hand and say, yes, that was me. I put down something today. That's okay. You don't have to put it up long. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No more. No more. Today is our day. Because Jesus has declared it our day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It is not the day that the world defines that we find ourselves ashamed in it. But we find ourselves with power, with love, and with a wonderful, wonderful teacher to whom which we can be disciples. And we pray right now that every teaching, every word, bind to your spirit, bind to your heart, 
so that Satan no longer has any ability over your mind. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Won't you stand with me? Today's message has been powerful. Today's message has, has spoken directly to the seeds that Satan has cast amongst us. Now, I'm not saying in this church only. This is a worldwide problem. As a worldwide online international pastor, trust me, I read reports from around the world that sickens my stomach. Can you imagine the anguish that God has as he watches people frolic in filth and call it good? When on the other side, he knows what a good life looks like, what a true rich life looks like. I pray right now, not just for the women that are kept and captured in human trafficking, and the children that are kept and captured in human trafficking. I pray right now for a conviction of those who traffic them. Right now, may they just, right now, around the world, may men and women benefiting from others being trafficked in prostitution, drug mules, right now, may Satan no longer have any control over them and may the glorious unadulterated light of Jesus Christ shine into those men and women's lives we love them because God loves them and that love has the power to change lives right now in Jesus name in this county we stand in agreement that the drug dealers are not just going to be convicted and picked up by the cop police no, we stand in agreement that they will be picked up by the Holy Spirit and convicted by the word of Jesus Christ. Right now, for those parents and, and adults that are physically and sexually abusing children, we pray for the children. Oh Lord, we pray for the children. But right now in Jesus' name, even though we want to hate them with everything that we've got, because of what they do to children. We pray right now that as much as you loved us, they realize how much you love them and they stop their ways right now. Father, we're not even worried about petty thievery and we just look at the, at the complete breakdown of human psyche. Children who never ever think that they can be anything. And we stand against everything that this media calls okay and acceptable because it is not. We will not shrink back until this victory of light has been won in every home, in every county, in every state, in every country, we call Christians right now, stand against that which Satan calls good and stand only for the love 
the power and the sound mind that Jesus has declared over you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, I know it was a heavy message. Hopefully, you weren't convicted. You were compelled. And so as we take decisions and what we fill our minds with, may it be with the Word. Because when that Word gets on the inside of you, love, power, and a sound mind is yours. In Jesus' name, we pray.